The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masikat Shekalim has been dedicated by Dr. Isaac Meddeb and his wife Lily in memory of Moshe ben Nachel Man. We hope that the learning of the 22 Dapim of Masikat Shekalim will be a a ilui neshama for the niftar Moshe ben Rachel. Tehi nishmatot zerura b'tzol ha'chayim. Amen. Daf Kaf. Today's daf has been dedicated anonymously in memory of Arlet Tamir. Ruach Hashem tanihena b'gan Eden. Amen. Today's daf is being studied le'ainu nishmat. Acham Baruch Rafael ben Miriam and Avraham ben Esther. Ruach Hashem tanihem b'gan Eden. Amen. Today's lab is being studied Refuah Shelema Hacham Yom Tov Yedid Shekhazu Baruch Hu Yishlach Lo Refuah Shelema Betoch She'ar Chole Amo Yisrael Amen We begin on Daf Yudtet Amud Sheni Two lines from the bottom Starting with the words Rav And the Gemara says Rav Nachat Letaman Rav went down from Eretz Yisrael to Babel Hamtun Mekilin He saw that the people were being lenient when it came to meat that was in the hands of Goyim. Vahamar alehin. So therefore he became stringent on them in certain alakot. Again, he saw that people were being lax in certain laws regarding meat in the hands of Goyim. So he had to, you know, strengthen it up. So he put some stringencies on them. And the Gemara is going to give us some stories what he did. Had Barnash. Azil, one uh, fellow went He wanted to wash his meat, the basad that he bought, in the river And they clean it off, so he's soaking it in the river The basar fell in the river So he left it, he left it in the river and he went away Hazar when he came back, the meat was there by the river bank, so he wanted to take it. Rav told him, This piece of meat over here is forbidden to you. Why? Because we say, The meat that fell in the river already, it flew downstream. It's gone. And now a piece of basa came in its place. Which means, who says that that's the same piece of meat that you left? You left it on, you left it on, uh, unwatched. So who told you that's the same piece of meat that was there uh, when you were washing it? So therefore he was stringent on him. He told him you can't eat the piece of meat that you see there now. Even though it's in the same spot where he lost the first piece of meat, you have to suspect that maybe another piece of meat of Nevedah came in its stead. Had Barnash, another fellow, Ava Malikh Bishuka, was walking in the marketplace, Ta'in Kupad. It was only a piece of meat. Kupat is a piece of meat. Ata daita bahatafte mine utlakte. A bird called a daya, like a vulture, came and snatched a piece of meat from him and threw it in a certain spot. Hazar, so the Jew came back to that spot. Ba'e maschina. He wanted to take it. Mas. Ba'e masbina. He wanted to take it. Amar lerav asula. He told us asul. Tena amar because we say basad din bela avat tina utlakte. We'll say that the vulture took your piece of meat and he put it wherever he put it and he 
returned in its stead a piece of basar, nevela. Vinasbahu ochrana, and he placed another piece of meat uh, where yours was. So therefore, again, since you left it without being watched for a minute, you, you don't know that it's your meat. Therefore, it could be somebody uh, or the bird switched the meats on you. Ginai Shataf Zikin. There was a certain river called the Ginai River. Uh, what happened was, the guy had some barrels of wine, or skins of wine, and the skins of wine, that have wine in them, like the pouches, they got uh, swept up in the river of Ginai. What ended up happening, they ended up finding them. They washed the shore on the river bank. So they came to the rabbi to ask him, are they permissible or not? Or do you have to suspect that maybe these are different wines that washed up, that are the wines of the Goyim, and therefore you have to be suspicious that they're Asur. So he told them, Let the merchants recognize their knots. Which means if they could recognize the special knots that they made on these pouches, that they put the wine, it seems everybody had their... You know, certain way of making a knot to close up the pouches of wine. If you recognize that these are your knots, then you can drink the wine. But if you don't recognize the knots as yours, then already you have to assume that your wine went downstream somewhere, and these are new pouches of wine that surfaced. Nekunika is a, let's say, a flask of wine was found in the Bet Knesset of the city of Buleh. Atta'uvda kumira bidmiyah. So they came to the Bidmiyah, so we found this, this flask of wine in the synagogue. Are we allowed to drink it or not? Amar yitha'kemun abiton. Let the ones that are in charge of putting the red markers on the barrels of wine, if they could recognize that this is their mark, then already they can uh, drink it. But if they can't recognize their uh, stamp, then already they will not drink it. The word sekori is the red dye that they used to put on the uh, uh, barrels. Next story. Gedi seli ishtakah be'asrete de gufata. There was a roasted gedi. Uh, kid, goat. Was found in the street of a city called gufta. Gedi seli ishtakah be'asrete in the streets, the gufta. Of Gufta. So the rabbis came along and said, You can eat this piece of meat on account of two things. Number one, Number one, somebody lost this, obviously. Are you allowed to keep it? Which means, from a monetary standpoint, are you allowed to keep this uh, item? They told them, No problem. Why? Because the Allah says, You find something in the Shuta Rabbim. Doesn't have any siman on it. They've all uh, roasted. The goats look the same. So you could assume that what the owners made yush. Yush means they gave up on it. Once the owners make yush, you can keep it. Uh, regarding the kashrut of it, they followed the law of rov mehalche derachim. The majority of trespassers that walk by this area. Since the majority of people that walk by that area were Jewish, so you assume that a Jew slaughtered it. And it uh, was lost over there. So therefore, from a monetary standpoint, it was permissible to keep it. But from a kashrut standpoint, it was permissible to eat it. And the Gemara explains. From the standpoint of a lost object, because we learned in the Brayta. A guy, let's say, 
saves money or an item from a uh, from a lion, which means and the lion was coming to take it, and uh, the fellow came and saved the item from the lion. Umiyad Haggayis, or let's say a army that's coming to confiscate uh, some type of item or take some type of item, and the guy came along and saved it before the army got to it. Or, Mishunatayam, or Mishunatanahar. Or let's say an item was in a place where the waves of the river or the ocean were roaring. What did you say there? Yeah, the current was strong, and it was grabbing, it was going to take the, uh, take the item, and you saved it. Which is the common denominator between these cases so far is, all the cases over here is going to be gone. It's going to be lost. The owners, once they see that lion, that's taken their object, finished, they gave up hope, there's no way they're getting that back. back. Or they see the uh, armies that are taken, or they see it in a very strong current, already they make huge. Now some guy ended up retrieving it from these cases. Or, from a road that goes from city to city, that's Estaria, um, those are the cities, that, the roads that go from city to city. And then you have, is like the marketplace. Like we know the Masechah Shabbat. So those are the public areas where when a guy loses an item there, that is, it's a public area. He doesn't uh, think he's going to find it again. Common denominator again in that case, he makes Yehush. He gives up. What's the deen? You can keep it, whoever finds it. Except for the same thing over here. When the guy lost his, um, or his gidi in the public marketplace, finished. He already made Yehush. Because he has no man on it, and therefore somebody's for certainly going to take it. So therefore, from a, from a monetary standpoint, you can keep it. Now, regarding the kashrut of it, we go according to the majority of people that traverse that area. And therefore, mishum shaitat nukhri. So you don't have to worry about the shaitat nukhri. Because since the majority of people in that place were Jewish, therefore you could assume that what? The shaitat was done by a Jew, and therefore it is kashir. After they gave that halakhic ruling, the ishtikah min debet rabbi, it was found that what? Really this gidi was slaughtered from the house of rabbi, and therefore indeed it really was kasher, according to the rabbi's ruling. Another story. Igul de gubna, ishtikah bepundeka de levi. It was like a, uh, a round cake of cheese. Gubna, gibina, uh, was found in the hotel, we'll call it, the lodgings of Nevi. Nevi was the proprietor of a hotel. Now, it seems that the hotel was like a public area. So they just found a cake of cheese in the middle of the uh, lobby of the hotel, we'll say, in the courtyard of the hotel. Again, the rabbis, came to the rabbis, the rabbis said you can eat this cheese on account of two reasons. Number one, from the monetary standpoint of a lost object, after the fact that the majority of the people that walk by this hotel are Jewish. Mishum Mitzi'adetani. Hamatzil min agayas. That's from the uh, armies. Miyada Ari from the lion. Mishunatayam and Mishunatanar from the raging uh, uh, ocean or river. Mishunatayagedola from the roads that lead from city to city, the public roads. Mishunatayagedola and from the marketplaces, the public marketplaces. Hare Elu Shelo. Why? Because the owners. They give up hope. So the same thing over here. This was in the middle of a public area. It seems this hotel was in the Shutanabim. So the cheese that you find there for sure, whoever lost it, 
made Yehush. Now, Mishum Rov Melchid Derachim, now regarding the Kashrut of the cheese, because Halakha says you cannot have cheese that was made by Goyim. So the Gemara says, no, you're not worried about that case over here, because Mishum Givinat Nukhri, you're not worried about the cheese of the Goyim, because the majority of people that walked by this hotel were actually Yehudim. So comes the Gemara and says, Ve'eshtakah, min dirbin azab rabi Yoseh. And they actually found out that the cheese was made by dirbin azab rabi Yoseh. Indeed it was kasher, therefore the ruling that they made was a proper ruling. Amar Rabbi Mana Kumir Rabbi Yoseh. Rabbi Mana told us, uh, sat in front of Rabbi Yoseh. The Anan Hamyan, we see Rabbanan, the rabbis, Makhrizim. So what are you talking about? You're saying over here that you can keep all these items. You know, in public uh, thoroughfare, people make yush. But we see the opposite. When the rabbis find things in the public uh, marketplace, we see they make an announcement. Which means they go search for the original owner. So are you telling me that uh, in these cases, now you keep it according to the halakha. Then why would the rabbis, uh, you know, announce it? Amar so the Biyoseh says, At in havita mashkah lanasbat. But you're telling me, if you would have found this object, you wouldn't keep it yourself? Which is according to the halakha, you could keep it. If anything, the rabbis were being makmeed on themselves. They were doing, uh, you know, above and beyond the uh, the law. So it says, furthermore he tells them, Rabbi Yonah Abuch, Rabbi Yonah, your father, law Amarkin, he didn't say this, which means you're being even more makmeed than your father. Why? Ela Amar, Rabbi Yonah used to say, Halvai kad he said, I hope when I find a lost object, I'll find it from the intersection and further in. Which means he was trying to say, when I find the lost object, I hope I find it in a place where I'm allowed to keep it. Meaning, by the intersection and a little further in, where it's a public place. So it means your father would keep things, or he wished he found things in the public thoroughfare. So what are you coming along and saying, oh, the rabbis were, hey, they were mahmir. Remember, said that Dean, as well, that your own father would, uh, you know, wish that he found stuff in a place where he was able to keep it. Uh, so the Gemara says, "Afilu chen," but even so, ashkach velanasiv. But even when Rabbi Yonah would find something in that place, he wouldn't keep it. So he was machmir on himself. So again, even though according to the law, he said, "I hope I find it in that place," but when it happened, he didn't keep it. Some say it was actually uh, Rabbi Mana. Which means, uh, Rabbi Mana, even though the rabbi told him, your father would keep, would, 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 you know, keep these items. Still, one time something happened to Rabbi Mana, and he found an object in the public uh, area, and he himself still was Mahmid, because he heard that the rabbis themselves were Mahmid. Okay, now we go to Halakha Gimal, for the next Mishnah. So you have a behemah, an animal that was found in Yerushalayim, uh, all the way to a place, from Yerushalayim to a place called Migdal Eder. It's a, a little uh, city, a village, in uh, Yerusha, next to Yerushalayim, next to Bethlehem. Okay? So any animal, from there to there. And for that matter, the distance from Yerushalayim to any area is equidistant to Migdal Aydin. So Migdal Aydin is two miles. Right? So two miles radius of Yerushalayim, you find an animal. <coughs> so you have to assume that the animal came from Yerushalayim. And this is on the outskirts. But since it's within the radius, you have to assume that the animal emanated from where? Yerushalayim. And therefore, Zikharim, if it's male animals, you assume that what? Olot. It's a Korban Ola. 
Because the majority of animals that were male in Yerushalayim went for Korban, Ola. Nekebot, if they're female animals, Zilchesh Shalamim. Again, because the majority of animals that were found in Yerushalayim, if they were females, they went for Korban, Shalamim. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Rabbi Yehuda says, Harauy Lefsahim. Wow. If you found in that radius a korban that was ra'ui for a korban pesach, and a keves or an ez, one year old, right, zakhar obviously, so you could assume what? Lifsahim. It's korban pesach, never you can use it for your korban pesach. So obviously the owners lost it, but it was designated for korban pesach. So if you find it within that radius, you can use it for your korban pesachim. But it's got to be kodem raregel shiloshim yom. It's got to be within the holiday of Pesach. We're not talking about you find it six months before uh, Pesach, you can assume it's a Quran Pesach. Mm-hmm. If you're within 30 days of Pesach, then already you can assume that this item is also designated for a Quran Pesach, and you can use it for your Quran Pesach. Barishona. The Mishnah tells us in the beginning, A guy found a Quran Ola. In this case of the Mishnah. Or he found a Quran Shalamim. And now he has to bring it to the Beit HaMikdash. But it's going to cost him money now. Because to bring it to the Beit HaMikdash, he has to pay for the Nesachim. Because every Qurban comes with wine and minachot and the meal offering. Now he didn't find that. <laughs> so that has to come out of his own pocket. So what they did was, anytime a guy would find one of these Qurbanot, right away they would put a, a, a mortgage on the guy's property, or a collateral, take a collateral from the guy, until he gives the Nesachim to the Beit HaMikdash. But we just wanted to make sure that they're going to get their, uh, you know, what's coming to them. So right away, the guy found the windfall profit. All of a sudden, the uh, Beit HaMikdash puts a mascon on him, puts a collateral to make sure the guy pays up his nesachim. Uh, so what happened? Hazru liyot manihimota uburhim. So what happened? The people said, we don't want to get involved. They would find an animal, and they would just leave it. They would run away. Because they knew the second they pick up this animal, they're going to have the treasuries of the Beit HaMikdash on their back. So they left them. So what happened? So the rabbis made a takana. So now, anytime somebody finds an animal, the nesachim are on the uh, Beit Hamikdash. The sibur picks up the uh, tab for the uh, for the nesachim. So the guy doesn't have to worry. When I, huh? How do they know? When the guy came to the uh, Beit Hamikdash or something with his uh, with the animal, or the word gets out, I guess on the mitziah, you know, people talk. Oh, you found an animal, all that. Everybody better guess we on the guy. Says, you know what? We, people were just uh, leaving it. And now, now we're losing the animal. <laughs> now we're not even getting the Qurban. So the right, the Sibur picks up the Nesachim. Now, how about Rabbi Shivon? Shiv'ad devarim et kinu beddin. The Mishnah is not going to list us seven enactments that Betin uh, made, established. And the one we just said was one of the seven enactments that Betin made. That when somebody finds a Qurban, they pick up the Nesachim. Number, number uh, now we're going to list them. I guess we're going to list six more. Okay? Nukhri sheshalach olatom medinat ayam, veshalach iman Nesachim, kerebim meshelo. Let's say a Goy. He sends a Qurban from overseas. Goyim were allowed to send Qurbanot to the Beit HaMikdash, nedarim or nedavot. Okay? And of course when they send an edir or nedaba, they have to send the uh, nesachim with them. So if he sends the nesachim with them, you accept the korban with the nesachim. Ve'im lav. But if he didn't send the nesachim with them, kerebi meshel sibur. We accept the korban, but the sibur picks up the tab on the nesachim. Which means, 
it seems that only on a case of it's Medinat If the guy was a local guy, they'd go look him up. They'd find the guy and say, listen, you know, you brought your kurban, and they would uh, extract from him the money for the misachim. But now you're not going to go find the guy in Chinese, in Medinat Ayam. So you'd go search the guy to get the money for the misachim. So they made a takana. Any guy that sends us a kurban from overseas, if he doesn't send us the money for the misachim, the simur will accept the kurban and pay for the misachim for that guy. The second item. Vechen ger shemit. Okay, you have a convert. He died. A convert doesn't have any relatives. Right? It says ger shemit gayer ke katan shirolad damer. When a ger converts, it's like he is no. Uh, unless he has children, of course, afterwards. But without children, he's, uh, his, his property is. Uh, it doesn't go to anybody. Veniyah zebahim. Now he left zebahim. Because before he died, he, he designated a korban to the Beit Hamikdash. Now, in Yeshua Nesachim, if he also designated Nesachim when he was alive to be with the Qurban, can it be Meshedo? So you bring the Qurban and you bring the Nesachim. However, However, uh, if he didn't designate the Nesachim, what's the deen? The deen is, the Vita Mikdash picks it up, the Sibur picks it up. As opposed to a regular guy that dies, and he left the Qurban, and he didn't leave Nesachim, we take it from the inheritors, the Yorshim. See, the guys who uh, inherit have to pay. Here he has no inheritors. So therefore, the deen is, if he didn't designate Nesachim, we, the Sibud pays the price. Next one. Utnai Beddin, who? The Beddin made a, literally a condition, that what? Al Kohen Gadol Shemit. Oh. Let's say the Kohen Gadol died. They didn't appoint anybody yet in his place. It takes time to get another Kohen Gadol. So now it says, mm-hmm. Now we know every day the Kohen Gadol would bring a korban called which was an asli ta'ifa. He brought half of it in the morning and half of it in the afternoon. It seems that korban minha has to be brought every day regardless whether there's a Kohen Gadol in place or there's no Kohen Gadol in place. And therefore if the Kohen Gadol dies until they appoint a new Kohen Gadol, the Sibur has to pay for the Minhat uh, Kohen Gadol of the Habitin that's brought every day. Rabbi Yudha Omer, Rabbi Yudha says, no, that's not the Takana, he learns Meshel Yoshin. He says the relatives, the inheritors of the Kohen Gadol that died, they have to pay for the Minha until they appoint a new Kohen Gadol. So then we have a Mahloket. Who pays for the Minhat Kohen Gadol after the Kohen Gadol dies and they didn't appoint a new coin. Tarek says the Sibur pays for it. The Biuda says the Yorshin. The Kohen himself. She's normally this comes out of the Kohen's pocket. This, this he's got to pay for it himself. When he dies, there's nobody there. The Sibur picks it up. He's no, not the Yorshin pay for it until he finishes. Now the Mishnah says a Hidush to everybody. Normally, when there's a Kohen Gadol, it's brought half in the morning and half in the afternoon. Okay? But in this case, when the Kohen Gadol died, and you're waiting in the interim there, it's brought every day Shalim. It's brought in full measure. You don't split it up half-half. Why? Kizirat katuf. And uh, we'll see this in the Gemara, why that is so. But that's according to everybody. Alright, the next Takana. Al-Melach, or Al-Ham-Melach, Wa-La-Aitzim, Shiyu-Akwanim The salt of the Bet HaMikdash, and the wood, of the Beit HaMikdash, Kohanim could use it for their personal items. Which means a Kohen that wants to eat the meat of a Kurban. So he's allowed to eat the meat of a Shalamim, certain meats of the Kurban, Mitzvah, 
He's allowed to. So the Hakamim said, the Bet Din says, you know what? You can use the salt of the Bet HaMikdash, not going to be considered Ne'ilah. I will even let use the wood of the Bet HaMikdash. Now, of course, they cannot use it for their personal things. The Kohen wants to take a barbecue. We can't just take the wood of the Bet HaMikdash and the salt and go use it. But for Surik Mitzvah, he wants to eat the Kurbanot. Hakamim said, we let the Kohenim use the, uh, these eyes. Whereas uh, if a regular Israel will go into the Bet HaMikdash and take the salt, that's Me'ilah, you're using uh, goods of the Bet HaMikdash. But for Kohenim, they allowed it. Next Takana. The effort of the para aduma, they would burn the para aduma to ashes. Anybody that benefits from the ashes of the para aduma, you're not considered mu'el be'ekdeish. It's not considered me'ilah. And we'll see uh, that subject in the Gemara. Valakinim apesulot. Okay, that is, uh, we did already yesterday, but now we're going to see a mahlokan on this. Let's say you have a case where a lady was obligated to bring uh, kinim, the birds. Mm-hmm. Uh, one for khattat, one for ola. She put the money in the uh, box of uh, kinim, and very good. What happened? Uh, something happened over here. The kinim bought, let's say, the birds for her, and those birds were pisulot. So now, who pays for the next for the next korban of this lady? So somebody has to pay now for the birds of this lady. So the Gebra says, Shiyu ba'ot b'shil sibur. In this case, so they go to the public funds, and the public funds pays for the uh, for the set of kinim for this lady. However, if you remember what we learned in yesterday's daf, Rabbi Yosef Omer, You go to the vendor, which means the vendor that sells the birds, part of the condition of this guy is that if any of them become pesulot, we have a problem, we come back to you, and you got to replace them, and you got to replenish us, and give us the uh, new bird. So it comes out, we have a mahalukra on this case. Yesterday we just saw the opinion of Rabbi Yosei that the vendor picks up the uh, tab. But now we see Tarakama really holds that it's actually the Sibur that picks it up. Okay, so those are the seven Takanot that the uh, Hakami made in the Bet HaMikdash. And now we go to the Gemara. Comes the Gemara and says, what do we learn? You find an animal from Yerushalayim to Migdal Aydir, which is outskirts. Or for that matter, any place in the radius of Yerushalayim, if it's a male, you assume it's a Qurban, Ola. If it's a female, you assume that it's a Qurban, Shalamim. So comes the Gemara and says, Rabbi Hoshaya Rabba Amar. Hoshaya Rabba said that, don't think when the Mishnah said Ola and Shalamim, that you just take the animal and you bring it as a Qurban Ola. And you take the animal and the Kibar and bring it as a Qurban Shalamim. Because bottom line, it's a Safik. I mean, let's say the Zakhar is a Shalamim. Because you're allowed to bring a Shalamim from a male. Now, you just assume, ah, majority, it's a it's ola. Maybe it's not ola. Maybe it's a shalamim. Then you cannot bring a shalamim as a korban ola. So then the question is, what was the Mishnah saying then? If it's a zakhar, ola. But you don't bring it as an ola. Because it might be a shalamim. So then what, what, what's, what's the what's the deal in this Mishnah then? What do you do with these animals? So he says, Lavo bidmehem shanu. The hadush of the Mishnah is, the regarding their monies to bring their monies meaning as follows that which we said you bring it as an ola is like this if a person wants to deal with these animals there's a takana what's the takana that he makes he says like this I'm gonna uh, takes money actually the uh, the opinions we learn is he takes two coins or two sets of money we'll call it one for the male and one for the female. Okay? 
And what he makes is a pidyon. He says like this. If the zakhar is a korban ola, so then I want the kedusha of the korban ola to go on this money. Okay? If it's not a ola, if it's a shalamim, so then let the uh, kedusha of the shalamim, let it go on the second set. Okay? Then he goes to the nekeba. And he comes along and says, uh, if this nekeba over here is a shalamim, so then let the money go on the second set. And if it's not, let it go uh, on the uh, on the first set. Let the kiddushah, if it's ola, let it go on the first set. So be, as, as, as a nedaba. Meaning if it's not a shiramim, so I want to bring it as a nedaba, as ola. You can bring it a nedaba ola. So therefore basically the first set of money, either as the kiddushah of an ola vadai, or ola nedaba. The second set of money has a deen of a shiramim vadai, or a shiramim of a nedaba. Now he takes these two money. Now these two monies, we know what they are now. The animals, let the animals go away. There's no kiddushah on the animals now. You transfer the kiddushah to the, from the animals to monies. Again, let's say how we did it. You took two sets of money. You went to the first, I'm at the zakhar. If you were vadai ola, could be, zakhar, the kiddushah the ola goes to the first set of money. If you're not a ola, maybe you're a shilamim, good. Then your shilamim kiddushah will go to this second set. Good, now go to the second animal, the female animal. If you're a shilamim, which could be in the kibbutz or shilamim, so then your animal will go on this, your kibbutz will go on the second money, which anyway is a shilamim anyway, right? And if you're not, if you're just a chulin, maybe you're not even anything. So then what? I'm going to donate you as a korban ola, and therefore the kiddushah of the ola will go on the first set. Beautiful. Now you, you, those animals can do whatever you want with them. Now they're chulin. Now you take the uh, monies and you go buy an ola and you go buy a. Shinamim, and you bring it on the Mizbayah. So that's what the Mishnah means. When the Mishnah says that the Zakarim, you treat it as an Ola, me and the and the, and the you treat it as a Shinamim, meaning you also treat it as an Ola. Then you gotta treat it as both. Again, when it says you treat the Zakarim as an Ola, it means even as an Ola. Because the Zakarim can be both. The Zakarim can either be a Ola or a Shilamim. So when you make the transfer of the monies, you got to take both sides of it. Not only the Shilamim side of it, but you got to take the Ola side. And on the Shilamim side, it can only be a Shilamim or a Cholin. It can't be a Nekeba, cannot be for Ola. But when you make the redemption, you have to also do it both. We just reviewed the, the, the process is as follows. The fellow takes two sets of money. And he says, Im Olahi, if it is indeed Ola, let the money go on, let the Kiddushah go on, set A. And the second money is over here, I'll bring a Shalamim. I'll bring a Shalmei and a Daba. Again, he found one animal. He found the Zakhar. So what is he doing now? He says, if this is indeed an Ola, let the Kiddushah of the Ola go on, these coins over here. Now what am I going to do with my second coins that I, that I, uh, I established already for a Qurban? I'll bring a... A shilamin, with that is a nidaba, you know, a donation. However, if this is indeed a shilamin, then let the hayyub of shilamin go on, set B, and set A I will bring as an ola nidaba. So therefore, you're right. You have one animal, you can end up having to bring two animals just to cover it. So comes the governor and says, Amma alayhi Rabbi Yohanan, Rabbi Yohanan, how can that be? I don't accept this, Rabbi Yohanan says. Omnimnu la'adam se'um ol bakodashim. Which means you're not allowed to go make hilul on a korban that's not a ba'almum. The only time you start making hilul on a korban is if there's a blemish. Here, they're perfectly fine. This animal, zakhar, is shalem. How could you go like a tahila and take the kiddushah off the animal and put it on 
coins. How could that be the advice that the Torah is telling you? Rabbi Hanan cannot accept this. So Gabriel says, Ela. So the explanation is, Let's go after the majority. Imrov Zecharim Olot. Imrov Nekevot That's a funny language. Some want to learn it as if it's saying that you go after the Rov. If it is Zecharim, since Rov Zecharim is Olot, it's an Ola. And if it's a Nekeba, since Rov Nekevot are Shalamim, it's a Shalamim. That's one reading of these words, even though it's not written like that. The, the, the Gevara's writing it is Imrov um, Zecharim, if the majority of what you found is Zecharim, it sounds like if you have a, a, a herd, and the majority of animals in the herd or Zikharim, then you assume the guy designated them all for Ola. Why? <laughs> and if you found the majority in the herd, Nekebot, then you assume that they were all designated for Shalamim. That's literally what the Gemaraz Lashon is mashma. But anyway, the point of Rabbi Hanan is, you got majority. Rov Zikharim, Rov Nekebot, everything is Ola, everything is Shalamim. Comes the Gemaraz says, Ve'en Shalamim ba'imin Zikharim Nekebot, how can you say that? How can you say the majority rule? Because a zakat can also be brought for a shilamim. So how do you know? You're assuming uh, if it's zakat, put it on the ola uh, uh, side of the ledger. Who told you? What? Shilamim? So we're back to the same question. You, you, you can't work with majority. So we're back to the question. What does he do? Motsi'ad lachulim. Ve'hozer otan. Which means, like we learned above, go do that uh, pigeon. Which means the, the only option we have is what? You have no options. What do you want the guy to do? The only way is to what? To take the kiddusha off the these animals because you don't know if it's a ola or a shilamim, and therefore um, take the kiddusha off of them. Like Rabbi Shaya said. Hi, but you have a question here again. You don't answer the question. How is it possible to take the Kedushah off the Ketahilah? Jeez, you're right. Your option, the Yohanan, is not a good option. Just to say, uh, go after the majority. So you want to go back to the Boshayah's answer. The Boshayah's answer was what? Transfer the Kedushah, the coins, like we said. Uh, but still, the Ketahilah is not allowed to transfer an animal if it's Salim. It's not a Ba'almum. How did you answer that question? So the Gemara says, Amar Bizaira Kemat De'at Amar Taman. So what are you talking about? This is such a problem. Like we said in, in above. Which means, what did we say? Let's say you have money that was designated for Qurban Khattat. You bought the Qurban Khattat. Now you have the leftover money. What do you do with that money? You buy Qurban Ola with it. Oh, what do you mean? How could you take money that was designated for Qurban Khattat and buy a Qurban Ola? So what do we say? This is called which is betting makes a stipulation that whenever a guy designates money for a hatat and there's going to be leftovers, they're telling you you could use that money for a qurban ola. So once already you can start playing with this concept of tonight betting. I'll say we have a tonight betting here also that whenever a guy finds an animal that's a zakat and you need to make this uh, this switch over here with the monies, I'll, I'll tell you that what you can do with a katahila. 
Normally you cannot do it like a tailor. You cannot transfer Kedusha off a regular animal. But in this case, what? Since you don't know what it is, and you have no options, I'll say, try betin. Betin says from the beginning, it's mutar. She says, once you have betin, uh, you know, waving the rules in, in, in situations, and that's okay. And don't be shocked. Don't be shocked. I'll, I'll get that in a second. Which means, don't be shocked. We, we've seen the hachamim allow you to uh, transfer uh, the kedusha of ma'ot hatat to bring it as a korban. Ola. So just like they, they did it over there, you bring in one korban for a different uh, item. So I'll say, Tanai Bedinu over here allows you watch it. Tanai Bedinu ala ofdot, meaning on animals that were lost, meaning that were found between Yerushalayim and Megdal uh, Eidel. Which means you found Zekharim, for example, that's the case over here. Zekharim Olot. Which means, even though, the way they're explaining it like this, this could be a Qurban Shalamim. Now this is the Hadush. Could this animal be a Shalamim? Yes. But you know what the Tribetin says? When you find an animal that's a Zakhar between Yerushalim and Magdalahidir, just bring it as a Qurban Ola. And therefore, I'll come and tell you, you don't even have to redeem it. Right, in itself will become an ola. Maybe it's a shilamim? So it comes out according to this answer, bring the zikharim as an ola, bring the nekevot as a shilamim. Ah, but who says? Kaka, try beddin. So you don't got to worry about all these, uh, all these items. Amar bi yosir bi yaakov baraha, enzim ezid. Again, we're back to the question again. Maybe it's a shidamim. Are you not so? so you, maybe like a ta'ila, we're telling a guy to go. So the Gemara is going to answer that. Maybe you're telling a guy like a ta'ila, take a korban ola. But it's really a shidamim. How are you letting the guy uh, do this here? Amar le, mekevan shu tonight bedin, enze mezid. Again, what do you want? Once <laughs> what, bedin comes along and lets you do it, it's like a shidamim mezid. It's not, not stop a guy coming on his own volition and say, this is what I'm doing. And you're right, a regular guy cannot take the Kiddushah off a Shalem uh, animal and uh, let it, uh, and let it uh, you know, the Kiddushah go somewhere. So basically, the Gemara over here gave a couple of answers over here. How's this Mishnah working? The first answer we understood, make the Hilul. Give me the coins. Take the two sets. Take the two coins. You know, uh, if it's an ola, let the f- first set be ola. If it's uh, if it's not an ola, I'm sorry, and let the second set be shalmei nedaba, because I did say separate two coins. In this, if it's a shilamim, let the shilamim go on the second coins, and the first coins will be olat nedaba. Take the let the animals do what you want with them. It's cholin. Take this money now and spend it on the animals and bring them both. On the Mizbah. You found one animal, you got to bring two animals on the Mizbah. I that What are you talking about? How can you do that? Like Therefore, that's not Go after Rov. Just go after Rov. That was the Bihanan's original answer. Go after Rov. Rov Zikharim is Zola. Rov Zikharim is Shalamim. That's it. Just bring it as that. What are you talking about? How can you do that? Like you're allowed to start uh, uh, First of all, who says? Who says? Maybe the Zikharim is Shalamim. And you bring the wrong uh, Qurban. Mm-hmm. So comes again and says, no, 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 we can answer. We're working with a Tanai Betin over here. Tanai Betin comes along and tells you what? That when you find a Zakhar between Migdal Aydin and Yerushalayim, since the majority are Olot, even though it's possible to be a Shalamim, Betin tells you, no problem. Oh, but what do you mean? The Khatayla now, you're, uh, uh, you're putting yourself in a situation over here where you're going to bring the animal as a Olah. 
where it might be a shalamin, <laughs> that's, that's exactly what the Tzayt Bedin does for you over here. It allows you to act in this way, in such a, in such a, uh, such a case. Okay, so those are basically the, uh, the answers. Okay, Amar Rabbi Yasa. Okay, a case that we learned several times already in this Masechet. Ad de Anat Taman. Is when I was still in Babel. Shama'at kal Rabbi Yehuda she'al Shmuel. I heard the voice of Rabbi Yehuda asking Shmuel the following question. Again, the same thing. A guy designated his shekel, and what happened before he gave it? He died. So the question was, do we give it to the Hegdesh? Does Hegdesh own it from that point? Or do we say what? Nah. No. Since he didn't give, give, uh, give it over already, so therefore he doesn't have to give it. So he answered it. You don't give it a shikalim, but you give it to Nidaba, meaning for the Shkatabai, you give it to the Beta Migdash, and it falls into the treasury. Now, what was the, uh, what was the depth behind the question? On the side that you're going to take the coin from him, there's a hadush in that. Why was the hadush? Because what do you do with the monies of the shikalim? You buy public korbanot. One of the korbanot you buy is a korban hatat. Now, normally the deen is, if somebody buys a korban hatat, and then the owner of the Qurban Hadad dies. So this Qurban, you let it die. You, you cannot bring it on the Mizbayah. So the Hadush over here is that if you would accept this coin, now the Sibur is buying a Qurban Hatat with this coin, and the owner, one of the owners of this Qurban Hatat, which is the guy who, who died, it's going to maybe render the Qurban Hatat Pasul. Kamash Mala, no. Since it's a public Hatat, it's not going to affect the Hatat. So that was the side to say, give it, and we're not worried about the fact that the Qurban Hatat is going to be brought with a owner that died. Or do you say, it didn't get to them yet, therefore you have no problem. So the rabbi answered, it didn't get to them yet, so don't give it a shikalim, but the money's got to fall as a dedabah to the Beit HaMikdash. Oh, now the Gibra says another question that was asked, but that the Biyasa brought. Which means, the Kohen Gadol. He designated some money to buy his korban, his minha. Every day he has to bring asli ta'ifa. Let's say it cost uh, $10. So he went, that day he happened to get it for $8. Now he's got $2 left over on money that was designated for what? For this asli ta'ifa minha. So what do you do with that money? So comes the Gemara and says, which is the she'ela is, can you take those $2 now and use it for tomorrow's korban uh, asli ta'ifa? Because anyway, he's bringing one every day. So to take the two bucks and use it for the next day is a korban. So the Bi Yohanan Amar Yolichem Liyamam Melach. The Bi Yohanan's hadush was you got to take those monies and you got to put it in the Dead Sea because we learned by regular minha it says the words in the pasuk ki hatat he, which means we learn that this is like a hatat. However, there's one type of minha that doesn't have the din of a hatat. Which means what? The deen of the minha of the Kohen Gadol, which is normally a regular minhat hatat, the leftover money you use for uh, for Qurban, for Qurban Ola. Here, however, no. This is not regular hatat. This money over you cannot use for Qurban Ola. You cannot use it for another minha. You have to take it and take the money and put it in the Yemen Melah. Now, which is normally, what would I think? If this is a Qurban Hatat, or Minhat Choteh, I would take the money, I wouldn't use it to buy another Minha, but I would just give it to the Beit HaMikdash. For a Qurban Ulaah, just like every other Mutar of a Hatat. It's coming to exclude one type of Minha, that what? Its monies do not have a status of leftover monies of a Hatat. And what do you do with it? 
Take the monies and put it in the Dead Sea. You got to destroy the money. However, the Bilazana money, Pilulin Dabar. No, like every other Khatat, uh, the monies fall to Nedaba. Now we go to the next case. Asita, if I should go in Gadol. This, this, we learn a hadush now about this minhad that the queen Gadol brought every day. How did they bring it? This asli ta'ifa that was brought. Rabbi Yohanan Amar, Rabbi Yohanan says, Chutzeh ota v'harkach b'kadeshah. First you split it. Again, because it was brought in two parts. So he says, when you have it, it's not kodesh yet. Split it. And then you take half of it, put it in a klisharet, that's the vessel. Once you put it in the klisharet, it becomes Kodesh. Now, only that half becomes Kodesh. But the other half is not Kodesh yet, until you put it in the klisharet in the afternoon. Which is, he learns, you do it half at a time. First you split it in half, you put half in the klisharet, bring it on the uh, Mizbayah, and then in the afternoon you take the other half and put it in the klisharet. So it does not become Kodesh at once. Good? That's to be Alan Shita. Rabbi Shimon ben Akish Amar, he says no. Mekadesha ve'arka chotzeota. He says no. You take the whole asli ta'ifa and you put it in the klisharet. Now the whole asli ta'ifa becomes kodesh. After it becomes kodesh, now you split it. Big enough coming out here. How to make the kodman? Does it get split and then kodesh, or does it become kodesh and then split? That's a very uh, important mahlokit between the Yohanan and Mishtakish. Yeah. Now, what might be the basis of this uh, mahlokit over here? The basis of the mahlokit might be as follows. The measuring cup that they measure the Asli Ta'ifa, because you have to measure it to get to an Asli Ta'ifa. Does the measuring cup have a status of a Klisharet that brings it Kiddushah? If you hold that the measuring cup does not have Kiddushah, that's what Abu Hanam will hold. Therefore, when you measured it, it's not Kodesh. Therefore, split it and then put it in the Klisharet. When you put it in the Klisharet, that's when it becomes Kodesh. Whereas according to Shlakish, will say, no, already once you measured it, to get the Asita, it's Kodesh at that point. And therefore, automatically, it's Kodesh, then you're ready, you split it after. Now, We have a Mishnah. This Mishnah is arguing on the Hanan. What does the Mishnah say? So I'll tell you the Mishnah outside, and then I'll pick up in our Gemara where it starts off. It's talking about a Kohen Gadol that brought half his minha in Shahrit. And then he died in the afternoon. So now he's got half of his minha sitting there. And now they put the new Kohen in his place. So now the question is, does he use the old one of the Kohen? Does he got to bring a new one? How, how, how do you bring the half of the minha of the Ifa in the afternoon? Okay? So the Mishnah clearly says, don't use the first coins, because it's not yours. Don't use, don't bring a half either, you got to bring a whole. Bring a whole uh, measure, split it, and give, uh, you know, half of it in the afternoon. And it says, makrib mehsa, give half, u mehsa avad. And the second half, avad, which means what? You have to let it, uh, you have to burn it, you got to get rid of it. Now, uh, according to the Shtakish, that makes sense. Because it's Kodesh. The whole thing is Kodesh. So what do you got to do? You got you to burn it. You have to Kodesh. Once it's Kodesh, you have to treat it with Kedushan. Therefore, you can't just throw it away. You have to burn it like you burn uh, Kadashim. However, according to Hanan, what do you mean? You only make Kadesh half of the time anyway. 
So therefore, what do you got to destroy it for? It's not Kodesh yet. It doesn't have Kiddushah, uh, Kiddushah Taguf. Again, according to Rabbi Yohanan, first you divide it, and you put half in the Klisharet, so that part that's in the Klisharet is Kodesh. The other half is what? It's not Kiddushah Taguf. It might have designation of, uh, of, a, of, of a minha, but it doesn't have what's called Kiddushah Taguf, that you have to be ma'abid, you have to burn it. So therefore, the, it's, a, it's a question on Rabbi Yohanan. So the Gemara says... Rabbi Hanan will say, I got no problem with this Mishnah. I hold that the guy designated the coins for the Minhat Asli Taifa. What do you do with the leftover coins? This is not even a Hayat. This is just in the coin stage, just in the designation stage. What do you got to do with the coins? You got to throw it in Yamamelah. Now, it's clear there's no Kiddushat Agouf in the coins. The coins are not the actual minhams, and still what? There's enough kiddushad, the designation, you want to call it kiddushad damim, that what? You have to destroy it. So therefore, in this case also, true, it's not maybe kiddushad tagbuf, but alavadin of motar asita, not worse than the coins, and therefore, it's consistent, it's not worse than the, the money. So I have no problem with that, Mishnah. Comes again, what says, matnita peligi. Al Rabbi Yohanan, you have to change the Gisat to Rabbi Yohanan. Again, we're asking another question against Rabbi Yohanan. We're following the opinion of Taklin Hatin that has that Gisat and the Gomer Vilna as well. Again, this when following Mishnah is problematic against Rabbi Yohanan. Nimsiu shne hatsa'in kirebim or shne hatsa'in avudim. It's actually a continuation of this Mishnah. It says, comes out, two halves are going to be used and two halves are going to be destroyed. In this case. The first Kohen's half, and the second Kohen's half. Those were the ones that we used. The first Kohen's, second Kohen's half was destroyed because he died. And the second half of the second Kohen is also destroyed because it was not used. Vetani Allah, and we learned in the Brayta, Which means, the uh, first half, Mehsarishon of the, the first guy, Mehsarishon of the... The second, the again, Those mishnot, those are destroyed. The mehsarishon and the mehsasheni. Okay, which means that the mishnas of avudim, teubad suratan. You don't destroy them right away. Which means the the second half of the first guys and the second half of the second guys that we said what. You got to get rid of it. Doesn't mean you burn it right away. You have to do it. You got to wait. You got to wait till the next day. Until what? Till it's pasul. The next day becomes uh, lina. When you leave it overnight, it becomes uh, pasul. So therefore, what does it say? And then, the yitzul serifa. Now, according to the shtakish, this makes sense. Why? You got to burn both of them. Because bottom line, was not kadesh bechlisharet. Once it becomes Kadosh Bechli Sharet, both halves, so that already the deen is what? What do you do with the things that become Kadosh Bechli Sharet? You have to burn them. However, according to the other rabbi, the Hanan, they're not Kadosh over here. They didn't become, only the first half became Kadosh on both sides. Because only be Kadosh half at a time. The other half technically is either Hulin, or you want to say that's Kiddushat, Damim, just throw it in Yamamela. Just throw it in Yamamela immediately. What do you got to wait till Tawbah Suratah to the next day? 
If it has Kiddushah, I understand. Kiddushah, you can't just burn it when it has Kiddushah. You have to wait till it becomes Pasun, and then burn it. That's the Shakish. But according to Rabbi Yohanan, what, what are you waiting for? According to Rabbi Yohanan, you take the item right away, go throw it in Yamamilah. Get rid of it. There's no uh, Kiddushah Tagu from there. It's, it's not worse than Damim. Didn't you tell me that before? Good. So get rid of it right away. Why does it take Tarubar Surato? Why do you have to leave it till the next day? Uh, question on Rabbi Yohanan. Rabbi Yohanan will answer you. Patad what do you want from me? That Mishnah, I'll tell you, or that Duraita, that says Tawbat Suratan, that's going according to the opinion of Rabbi uh, Ishmael, that says, the Isaron itself, once you put the um, the measuring cup to measure the Asita Ifa, it's Mekadesh Tawtin Kedushat Aguf. And therefore, if you hold the thing as Mekadesh Kedushat Aguf, when you measure it, it's Kodesh. Now you got no choice but to wait till it's Tawbat Suratan. But according to me, I hold like the rabbis that say that it's not Kodesh at that point. Therefore, I'm following the name that don't, don't agree with this Mishnah. You don't bring me a question from this Mishnah. The Mishnah that says Tawbat Suratan obviously holds this Kiddushat Aguf. How can it be Kiddushat Aguf? The Shittat Rabbi Ishmael. What does Rabbi Ishmael hold? That once you put it in the Asita, in fact, to measure it, there's Kiddushat there. And once there's Kiddushat there, you use only half of it. What do you do with the other half? Tawbat Suratan. And the second coin as well. He made the full measure. Now what do you do? You have to t- take the second half and uh, wait. And then burn it afterwards. But according to me, you're right. I hold that there's no Kiddushah over here yet. And therefore, what do you do? The second half, well, there's, there was designation. Okay, take it to put it in the Yamamelech, no different than the money. So I said, Rabbi Yohanan will answer it. Now, the Gebara says, On the first day of a Kohen's job, not only a Kohen Gadol, a Kohen Idiot, on his inauguration day that he becomes a Kohen Idiot, he also has to bring an Asri Ta'ifa. So there's two times that you bring the Asri Ta'ifa. A Kohen Gadol every day, and a Kohen Hidyot on his inaugural day. That is Pesukim to prove this. Now, And he brings it himself on the Mizbayah. Now we say Hadush. Let's say the Kohen Gadol on any day, or the Kohen Idiot on his first day, they didn't Avodan the Beta Mikdash before they brought their Asri Taifa. They shouldn't have done that. But with the Abad Avodan is Keshera. For example, let's say they brought the Quran Olat Tamichel Bokir. Hey, how can you do an Avodah? You didn't bring your Minhat uh, Asri Taifa. So if the first order of the day really for the Kohen is what? To bring half of this Minha. Uh, uh, the Hadush is if they didn't bring it, the service that they did is still Keshira. That's a very important Halakha. Next case. Rabbi Mana Ba'imimar. Rabbi Mana had a suffix. Bo Bayom Shinit Karif Tahidal Avodah. Bo Bayom Mana Liot Kohen Gadol. <laughs> the first day that a Kohen Gadol is inaugurated. The Chaurai, you should have to bring two. Two Asli Taifas. One, because he's inaugurated. He's not even in any other Kohen. On the day of the inauguration of a Kohen, for the first day, he's got to bring an Asli Taifa. And the second one, because he's not worse than any Kohen Gadol, that every day he has to bring a Asli Taifa. So therefore, he had a Safik to say, could be the Kohen Gadol on his first day would bring two menachot. Comes the and says, it says in the Pasuk, now we're going to discuss how you bring this mincha. 
So you take it, you put flour, you put oil, you mix it up, the whole thing. Then it says in the Pasuk Lashon, Murbechet Tibiena. Murbechet means you scald it. You have to take the mixture and you soak it in boiling hot water. That's Murbechet. And then the Pasuk says, Tufine Minhat Pitim. So the Gebra is going to try to analyze what is this word Tufine? Now, obviously, the word tufine it comes from the lashon le'efot, to bake it. But what is this lashon tufine that you got to do to this minha of the kohen? So the Gemara says tufine b'sha'at hava'a tufine ve'en b'sha'ri tufine. First of all, the Gemara is going to tell you when you bake it. The lashon of the pasuk is tibiena tufine, right before you bring it, bake it. Which means you might have thought. Make it from the night before. Yeah, Koyin knows he's bringing it the next day. So maybe he'll come the night before in the Beit HaMikdash, open up the oven to the Beit HaMikdash, bake his uh, minha, comes the next morning, it's made already. Comes the says, impossible. It says, At the time that you're bringing it, meaning in Sha'arit, you bake it on the premises, on the spot. Hadush. Comes the Gemara and says, What do you mean? We learned already in Masik Tamid, He'aimidu at night, they left the Beit HaMikdash open in order for the guy that makes the uh, minha to stop making the uh, minha. What do you mean? I thought you don't make it at night. I thought you make it in the morning. Didn't we just say you make it in the morning? So the Gemara says, No. Amar bar aha la'asot hamin lirbucha. Well, it means we let the guy at night start working on it. it. means we let him stop boiling the water. Because we said one of the things that the minhab, the Kohen Gadol needs is what? Murbechet. So, the, oh, you thought that we let the guy bake it from the night before? Nah. We let him scold it from the night before. Which is the night before I boiled the water and uh, scold it in the, uh, in the hot pot. But the actual baking, that has to come the next morning. Why? Because the Pasuk says, Tibiena tufine. That's the sort of the Pasuk. At the time of bringing it, it's got to be baked. Now, there's another din over here. He comes along and says like this Before you bake it, you have to fry it So there's two processes of it There's tigun I guess they soak it in oil right? That's how you fry it And after soaking it in the oil Frying it and they would bake it That's the first opinion of the biyasa he said, no, you bake it and then fry it. What is this makhluket based on? The Gibraltar says, Tufine. What does the word Tufine mean? Te'afena na. What does na mean? Partially raw. Not fully cooked. Oh, very good. That's the opinion that will say what? Roast it first. Or fry it first. Because when you fry it, what happens? It gets partially cooked. Right? It doesn't get fully cooked. It gets because you're roasting it quickly. I mean, you're frying it quickly. So therefore... It's partially raw. So what does the Pasuk say? Tufine. Te'afena na. When you bake it, it should be partially raw. So from that we'll learn that why? That first you have to fry it and then you bake it. What does the other rabbi say? When you bake it, it has to be clean. It has to be nice. When you fry something, what happens to it? It becomes all black. And therefore, if you're going to fry it first, what's going to happen? It's going to be black. When you bake it, it's not going to be nice. Elawat tufine. Te'afena na'e. Bake it when it looks nice, before you fry it, and then 
fry it. So that's the mahlokin. How to learn the word tufine is tufine teafena na or na or make it nice. The bidosahomer bidosah has a third opinion. Teafena riba, which means tufine means bake it several times. So he learns that what you bake it, fry it, and then bake it again. So tufine meaning many times. So those are the three opinions. Comes again what it says. Atyan ilen plagvata kinen plagvata. The mahluk that we just mentioned above of the amuraim of how you make the menhav uh, uh, the grain is similar to the mahluk of the following tanaim. We just said this. The opinion that says that why you have to bake it when it's clean, when it's nice. Obviously, he's going like the opinion that says what? First you bake and then you fry. Because it's got to be clean when you are baking it. The opinion that says that you bake it when it's partially cooked. That means you fried it first and then you baked it. Comes again and says, Lo sof davar shemit. Now, we learned in the Mishnah in Menachot. Let's say the Kohen Gadol died after he brought half of it in the morning. So what do we say? The Kohen has got to bring a full measure. That was the Mishnah as well. Which means, again, the Kohen that was serving died in the afternoon. Okay? Now, the new Kohen takes the place. So he has to make a new uh, Minha. So the Gebarah says, No sof davar shemit. Not only if the first Kohen died, does the second Kohen have to bring the second half of the Minha, Ela Afilun Another case, let's say the first Kohen became Tameh. Same deen, it doesn't have to die actually. And the Gemara then says, Let's say he didn't die and he didn't become Tameh, but he got a blemish. That renders him puzzled from working. Is the same deen so? The Bihudah from a place called Bardile said, Even if he got a blemish, the same deen. What was the Gemara's question? I really don't know. Why would a moon be different than Tameh or Neh? But the Gemara said they're all equal. So no matter how the Kohen becomes uh, uh, rendered uh, not valid, death, Tum'ah or Ba'almum, the second Kohen comes in instead and brings the second half of the Minha, like we learned in the Mishnah. Last point. Minai l'kohen gadol shemit velo minu ahar or ahir tahtav shtem min hato kereba mishel yorshim. We learned according to one opinion in our Mishnah, who pays for the minha? Uh, uh, His heirs. Right? We had a machlok in the Mishnah. Does the sibur pay for it? Or the uh, the heirs of the kohen? The case was the kohen died. They didn't appoint another kohen in his stead yet. The minhat kabitin has got to be brought still every day. Machlokan in the Mishnah. One says, let the heirs of the Kohen pay for it. One says, the Sibur. So the Gebarah says, Talmud lomar, mibbanav ya'aseota. Very good. We have a clear pasuk. Mibbanav ya'aseota. The children of the Kohanim have to pay for it. Oh, yachod yibhi'ena l'hatsa'in. Now, if you remember, we learned in the Mishnah that everybody agrees, when there's no Kohen and they're bringing it from the children, it's brought in a complete measure. You don't split it. The only time you split it is when it's brought actually by a Kohen Gadol. But in this case, where they're just bringing it, you know, in a case where there's no Kohen, then it's brought in a full measure. How do you know that? So the Gemara says, Tamud Omar Ota, Kula Amarti. See, the Pasuk Shlashon is like this. I'll give you the Pasuk. Ve'a Kohen HaMashiach Tahtav, Mibbanav Ya'ase Ota. 
Otaz mashma, the whole thing. Otayari kula. You don't bring it in half measures. Now, Devrei Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Shimon Omer, Ena ba'a ila mishil sibur. Like we looked at our Mishnah. He says, no, no, no. This case, sibur pays for the minha. Shere emar, because the Pasuk says, Hok olam. At the end of the Pasuk, he says, Vakohen ha-mashiach tahtab, Mibbanav ya'aseh ota, Hok olam. You know what Hok olam means? It comes from the olam. Who's the olam? The sibur. This minha, hok, this, this, this amount that you're bringing, olam. They're learning it from the word olam, that it's paid by the sibur. And, kalil toktar, from the fact that the Pasuk also says kalil toktar, it's brought completely, kalil lehaktara. It's brought totally on the mizbeah, anar, hef. So what do you see? It comes out we have a machloket, legabeh. Who pays for it? Is it the Yorshim or is it the Sibu? But everybody agrees it's brought in totality. Shalem.